the hidden ingredient in ice cream, especially in commercial ice creams, which which makes it so that you're it's fluff almost like air. takes up space. Air. Air. So yeah. commercial brands put as much as seventy five percent to a hundred percent air in their ice cream. And here's like the term for air, if you want to impress anybody, a culinary person. <laughs> Let's hear it. The term for air in ice cream is called overrun. 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 So commercial commercial ice, ice commercial cream. ice cream companies have anywhere from seventy five percent to one hundred percent overrun. Ours is somewhere between twenty and thirty. Mm. Yo, Philly, listen up to all our small business owners. Not just our small business owners, also our entrepreneurs, our creators, our dreamers, our doers. This is Small Business Saturday. Every week, we're dropping knowledge about small businesses. Man, you know what? Just listen to the podcast. Man, we try to do a cool intro, but however we promise the podcast, we will be dropping gems, we will be dropping knowledge, we will be dropping tools. You need to succeed in your small business. All right, so every week, every Saturday, stay tuned to Small Business Saturday. Let's get it. All right, Philly, welcome back to another episode of Small Business Saturday. Today, we are with Danielle with Zaz Ice Cream, the super premium, seriously from scratch ice cream and ice cream sandwich that has flavors that are modern takes on classics. They peg themselves as being a new American traditional ice cream brand and sell their pints and sandwiches at their new shop in Mount Airy, as well as at over 50 fine grocers throughout the greater Philadelphia region, including Whole Foods. Danielle has a degree in textile design, but she grew up with her parents who each ran their own small businesses likewise. So the idea of having a nine to five job is foreign to her. Her favorite part of ice cream development is figuring out the science behind it. And her favorite and perhaps most challenging part of running a business is building it in the same from scratch way that they create the ice cream. Danielle, a pleasure to have you. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, so real quick before we jump into it, the name Zaz, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about it. So it's actually the nickname that my sister and I have for each other. So her name is Rebecca, and she does not live in Philly, but you know she's a big proponent of the business. But when we were younger, we wanted a name to use for each other, and clearly you can get Za from Danielle and Rebecca, right? You yep. s- yeah. So anyways, we, we tried to come up with so many different iterations of Danielle and Rebecca, and you know nothing was really jumping out at us. So we saw the name Za somewhere and decided to use it for each other. So we use it interchangeably, so we're each Za. So it's like almost in a way a family name. I was like, kind of. I was like, is yeah. it a family name? Like, what's the story here? No, and actually, um, it was probably the easiest part of starting this business, knowing what to call it. <laughs> yeah, that's and, usually the hard part too. It's like, right. what do we call it? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really think I. I gave it a, a second thought. Um, but one of my favorite stories to tell is that when I first started this, I went back in 2012. I went to one of these free consultations when. Retired business people donate their time. And Scores. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't going to actually put the name out there. They're good. Like, I like them. Yeah. So anyways, 45 minutes out of the 60 minutes was spent with these Man. two guys <laughs> who didn't, I hate to say it, had no creativity in their blood. Okay. 45 minutes of them telling me not to name the company Zaz. <laughs> what they want to call it? They told me to call it DJs. What? Which are my initials. Oh, okay. But it's okay. so boring. So I had this idea, I'm like, well, you know, it's a short name. People may not know how to pronounce it, but they'll remember that it starts with a Z and there's a story attached to it. So you have this instant connection with people. 
And if we go to an event and we're listed, they'll always be able to find us because we're right at the end of the list. Right. They don't have to. They don't have to go through the whole middle and look to see where we are. So, um, right. So at the end of this meeting, I told them what my whole. And granted, this was eight years ago. Yeah. Seven years ago. So a lot has changed since then. But I had this idea of an ice cream company in my head, and they told me to go home and research the Auntie Anne's pretzel story. What? That's what they thought I should be. Really, like, I'm DJ's just trying to do like the a, ice cream company, just like Auntie Anne's pretzels. Yeah, like I'm just trying to be this cool, unique right. ice cream brand. Like, yeah, right. I don't get it. I don't need to be Auntie Anne's. Right. I think that's like one misconce- uh, misconception when it comes to entrepreneurship is people think entrepreneurship and they think these big name brands and like the Facebooks and Googles of the world. Right. I was like, this country is is built on small business mm-hmm. and so are most co- countries it's like not everybody needs or wants to be this big brand right and i think because so many small businesses market through social media so if you think about the way that small businesses used to market it wouldn't go further than their town or or you know word of mouth maybe regionally yeah um or if you got on a television show or something. It was a big hit the radio back then. Right, <laughs> but now because of Instagram, you're marketing yourself to the world. Yep. And I think sometimes that's a real challenge because if you're thinking that you're going to be that big at some point, you're not like focused on what you're doing in the here and now. Yeah. Who those customers are, they're the ones that live down the street. They're the ones that know you from the city. They're the advocates. So, yeah. So it can be, That's trying like, to be that big can kind of be a distraction, I think. You've got to get that test, you know, that, that initial research as to, you know, how people are viewing the brand too and, mm-hmm. you know, appreciating the quality and, and the product and everything. Yep. So you're talking back 2012. Mm-hmm. When's the actual, like, official start? Like, when did you guys launch? We got our LLC in 2011, I think. And then we rolled out our ice cream truck and... We started selling at farmers markets between 11 and 12. It's all kind of blurry because <laughs> I, I think um, probably if I were to ever start another business, there'd be more like formal milestones. But when you're, when you're kind of just starting it and testing the waters, there's not really like a formal start button. At least there wasn't for us. Was it, was it treated very seriously as a formal business or was it more so like hobbyist at the time? It started as a hobby. Okay. So I was working um, a different job and was making ice cream on the side. And Aren't you tired of making ice cream? I'm just kidding. No, I mean... Um, you must love it. You've got to love it. I do love it. you got to love it. Yeah, it's my favorite part, the development. And when you're running a business, you don't always get to do the fun stuff. I'm excited to ask you about like making new to flavors too. Yeah. So yes, so it started as a hobby and I, I was still working my other job even when I started selling on the weekends at farmer's market. So there was this strange like working one thing, doing this as a side project and then eventually it turned into a full-time job. I think you see a lot of businesses start like that too and it's like yeah. once you get to the point where a lot of people say once you're making enough money at the other job is when you leave but some people, I mean... If you're just completely unhappy doing what it is you do nine to five mm-hmm. and would seriously take a big pay cut and just live, you know, by the lowest of means mm-hmm. to get by, then do it. Like yeah. the quality of life is going to be so much better. Even if you're working more and getting paid less, like why mm-hmm. not? Yeah. 
So. That's kind of, that is sort of what happened to me. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I was working for a stained glass company. My background is in textile design, so. Makes sense. Same thing. And the recession hit our studio probably between, I don't remember exactly, 2009, 2011, I guess, when I was doing this as a hobby. And a bunch of us were laid off and rehired as work came and went. And I was one who was laid off and rehired twice and the first time I was laid off I was like I took it so personally it's like I'm never gonna be able to pay my bills how am I, like what am I gonna do and after I calmed down and like sort of saw that I would be okay yeah. it's like well I don't know when they're gonna call me back to work so why don't I start exploring this ice cream thing more seriously because I've been talking about doing that just haven't had the time because I'm working a nine-to-five job so um, I think the first time I was laid off, it was maybe about six weeks, and I figured out, okay, so I need to be working in a commercial kitchen, and I need this license and that license from the city. And then they called me back to work, so I went back to work for them. And then the second time I was laid off, I was pumped because, <laughs> because it was like, all right, more time to work on the business, uh. and um, went back to work for them again, and then... The next time that I left, it was my choice because I was mm -hmm. ready to start the business. So It's funny how <laughs> people say everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It's funny your dynamic of how you mentally had a shift there mm -hmm. the second time around. Oh, it's so true. Like that when I knew that we were slowing down with work again, like, here we go, ice cream. Like, please nobody hire us. Like, please no new orders. I don't, I don't need to be back. Yeah. So the second time you're just like... I'm kind of, I'm, I'm done then. Even if I get hired back, I'm out. No, I did go back. Oh, you did go back yeah, again. Yeah, I did okay. go back because I wasn't ready to fully quit. Yeah. So the third time that I left, it was on my terms. Third time's a yeah. charm. Yep, I okay. guess you're right. Yeah. This was 2010 then, 2011? Uh, by that time, I think it was 12. 2012. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you were saying um, about like the business itself. So is your sister a partner? Are you have any partners on this? No, it's all me. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. What What's it like being, um, you know, a single female too, owner, small business yeah. owner? Um, and I mean single, meaning no partners. I don't know. Are you right, married? You right. Um, so my boyfriend was involved in the business, okay. not as a legal partner, but he put in a lot of sweat equity. He bought our ice cream trucks, and now he has since exited which was a mutual agreement because okay. he this has always been my baby and sometimes for personal reasons it's better that you do not work with the person that yeah. you're a life partner with um so for all intents and purposes it's all mine and Good. it's hard um <laughs> it is you know, it's it can be a really lonely place sometimes. You experience high highs and low lows. And I think I saw something once. It was on Instagram. I'm like, this is great. And it was like the mindset, the daily mindset of an entrepreneur. And it, it's just a chart. It looks yeah. like a heart chart yeah. that like spikes all over the place throughout the course of 24 hours. And it's so true. Yeah. Um, so it so is many distractions too. Yeah, like you start the morning and you think your your day is kind of going to be regimented, yeah. but then there's things that require more time and when you're when you're a growing business and you can't necessarily afford to have staff in every single department and you're still doing a lot of that yourself, then sometimes your days 
get get taken up in in different ways than you first thought but yeah. still equally as important you know like if my staff at the kitchen if we're doing a lot of production when we're busy and it doesn't make sense for us to hire someone in the middle of a busy season I'll go in at three in the morning and work from three until noon making ice cream. They come in at nine. They work nine to five. I leave at noon to go do the admin end of things. And that's what we do. <laughs> um, Talk about wearing many hats. Yeah. What, what are yeah. the different hats that you wear? As a well, uh, when it first started, it was developing the flavors, it was making the ice cream, it was selling the ice cream, it was finding the events that we would do. And then as we started to grow, a lot of the manufacturing of the ice cream, I had to step away from and hire the people, hire people to do it. To make it because, like the production of it? Yeah. Okay. Because... Um, in order to grow the business, I had to be out there looking for different, you know, different grocery stores to sell to, yeah. and handling the ordering, and kind of all of this stuff that I knew was required to run a small business, but that I think one of the challenges is having to learn it really quick on the spot. Yeah. And you're totally, sometimes you just don't feel prepared for it at all. So um, I guess like my latest mission is to figure out a way to get back to that creative bent because that's yes. what I'm really good at yes um, in that I, I have those skills and can use them a lot faster and more intuitively than some of the, the business end of things yeah. what you see with like small business owners and small business entrepreneurs is they're like almost utility players uh, they're very well rounded mm -hmm. it's like you come in being really good at something but then you've got to be well-rounded, otherwise the business won't be afloat, it won't be sustainable. Right. And you also need to, to hire the right people and train the right people and like always mm -hmm. be coaching and teaching. It's tough. I, I just like give so many kudos to small business owners, like me being one too. It's not easy. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, taking the 9 to 5 is like the easy way out. And it's for me, and it sounds like for you, it's not an alternative. It's like, that's not an option for us. Yeah. So talk to me about, you know, the day-to-day -day for you. So it really depends on, um, like I said, when we're, when we're busy during the summer, it could, it could really be um, just a day that's, that's all over the place. But what I try to do, usually um, a couple times a week, at least twice, I'll be at our production kitchen in the morning, mm -hmm. And because it's a very small space, I don't have an office there. And it doesn't really work for me to be sitting there in the way of everybody trying to do computer work. So I'll get, I'll be there in the morning um, to sort of start the earlier shift to meet with our employees. And we don't have many. At the, at the height of the season, we usually have at most four people making ice cream. Um, so I'll spend some time there in the morning, talk about what's going on that week, anything that needs attention, meet with my production manager to sort of troubleshoot any, anything we see, try to project what may be coming in the next few weeks. And then I'll usually go and do like any, any of the other things, you know, um, 
emails that have to do with accounts, grocery store accounts. Um, it used to be I'd have to answer all of our booking requests with our ice cream truck, do all the scheduling for the street festivals and make sure that that was all Jeez. set and ready to go. But because we're phasing out that side of the business, a lot of my time now the event is side. spent. Yeah, yeah, the event side. A lot of my time now is spent moving more towards planning for the retail shop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With um, I guess backtracking a little bit, because I'm always curious to hear like the the grit of starting the business. Mm-hmm. So like 2011, 2012, like you're just getting some final pieces together. Yeah. What Walk me through that timeline. So that time, um, when we first started, I was, I was borrowing space in a bakery warehouse kitchen. Where at? So, um, in Winmore. So Winmore, just, okay. out, just outside of Philly, just outside of Northwest Philly. So they would, this is when I still had my job. So the bakery was basically doing production baking from five in the morning until noon and no one was in there from the afternoon. So I was, um, I still had my job. I was working from seven until three thirty, and then they very graciously gave me a shelf in their walk-in freezer, one little shelf, probably not much longer than four feet long and probably two feet deep. Yeah. And I would go in there with my two little ice cream machines and make ice cream from four in the afternoon until you know, eight o'clock at night, That's nine great. o'clock at night. And that was a licensed facility. It satisfied what I needed to be able to sell at markets. So I was there for about a year. And then the next step was renting the kitchen at a private school um, because the kids Like a high school or something? Yeah, it was basically all grades, first through 12. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was... Um, that was interesting and challenging for its own set of reasons. You're teaching but neck too. <laughs> I mean, like, these these kids would come in and try to figure out what was going on, and um, there were a couple times, you know, just having to, like, chase them out of the kitchen, or they would use, you know, the freezer, put soda in there, and forget that you couldn't put a can of soda or a bottle of soda in the freezer. And Wait, what do you mean, why? Because of the when it freezes, it explodes. Okay. So then there's just like stuff. Yeah. Well, no, it was a separate freezer. We eventually put locks on things. But that, that like, I think. I would be stealing all your ice, ice cream and ice cream. I mean, that was. Everything <laughs> was locked after a while. Um, but like, that's sort of the thing. I think that people have to remember that you're not going to have this perfect setup from the get go. And if you really want it, you'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I basically, when you talk about the grit, that was, I would be there, I don't know, some mornings, like four or five in the morning, 14 hours later, I'm still standing in front of the ice cream So at machine. this point you had, you'd left the job. Oh yeah. I left the job. I was doing this full-time it was just me I didn't have any employees at that time yeah and basically you know 12 14 hour days running an ice cream machine hand packing pints Um, and then eventually our first employee was I hired somebody to help us bake cookies help me bake cookies because we were making ice cream sandwiches oh yeah okay I was like Um, little new uh, revenue stream here the cookies well I had always done the sandwiches because I mean who doesn't want an ice cream sandwich? Who doesn't sandwich? want an ice cream sandwich, especially when you're making the cookies yourself too? Yes. Like there's a lot of like stuff on the market that's just not great in terms of novelties. I was thinking if we're going to do this, we're going to make the cookies. We make the ice cream, so we're going to make the cookies too. Side note, Danielle <laughs> brought ice cream cookies, <laughs> ice cream sandwiches, and uh, 
I'm really excited about that. I just want to, I just had to mention. Yeah. Um, What's the favorite ice cream sandwich? Because I know you, you were saying yeah, you have a bunch of different so, flavors. Um, my, I have one staff member that always likes to remind me that we have a particular one that's award winning. We went to this WHYY dessert festival, best of the chefs dessert thing a couple years ago, and it won. And it's our salted toffee almond graham cracker. It's a so it's a graham cracker square that's been covered in butter, brown sugar, toffee, uh, sliced almonds, and a little bit of salt. So it's got that sweet salty combo, and then it's got vanilla ice cream between it. That that's like a whole mm -hmm. thing. That's yeah. That's a whole people people a mouthful. Seek, seek us out for those. And then uh, I think the other one that I brought you, it's our version of an Oreo cookie. So it's a dark chocolate wafer. We figured out mm -hmm. how to make cookies that taste like Oreos and better. Delicious. Because um, one of my favorite ice cream sandwiches to eat as a kid was the one that was like the giant Oreo with the cookies and cream yeah, between yeah, it. Yeah, same. And like, we're going to make that just better. And then that one, we make it two different ways. We have sweet cream ice cream, which is like, imagine the Oreo sandwich. Yeah. Or... We make it with coffee, coffee ice cream. Mm -hmm. So um, that that's a current bestseller. Caffeinated? Mm-hmm. A little pick-me-up? Just me up. a little bit. Not little, much, though. It's funny how many up. kids <laughs> like coffee ice cream, and I don't think ever once I've heard a parent call up and say that their child hasn't been able to sleep at They're night all wired. because of coffee ice cream. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the brand-building side, like the sales side. Mm-hmm. So you're going to farmer's markets and... Like shows, events? Yeah. So when I started the business, I knew, number one, didn't have proof of concept. I'd never made ice cream before. had never run a business before and didn't really have the money to have a year-round retail shop. Yeah. So I knew that because we weren't going to have a shop where, where we were going to make a concentrated amount of money between April and September, we needed to engineer the business so that it could go year-round. So that's why from the get-go, we put a high priority on selling into in grocery stores. From the beginning. From the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So in addition to we, we used um, farmers markets and our ice cream truck as our retail component of things, but we also from pretty much the first month started going around to different food co-ops and artisanal markets and pitching our product to them. So that's really what set us as being manufacturers and a wholesaler because I wanted to have that grocery store element of our business. So things worked hand in hand. You know, people knew us from the food truck events and then we would tell them what grocery stores they could go to Yeah. Um, and vice versa. Where can I see these food trucks that you have? Because you're, you're, you're now transitioning um, into retail, but yeah. is it on your Facebook or Instagram? There might be a it's picture. probably, I think if you go on Instagram, we might be able to find one. I probably have one on my my phone. For everyone listening, uh, in, the, in the blog and the email and social media posts, we'll put some good pictures. Oh, there's the Oreo sandwich. This is so yes. visible. Yes. We should have done and the then, video with you guys, right. gotten out there. We can do one once we get the shop. When, like once we get more activity going at the shop, yeah. since everything is really more or less grab and go right now. Yeah, for everyone listening, talk about the shop real quick. So um, my desire for a long time has been to not be quite as mobile and to find a space to have a brick and mortar. And the number one question that we've been getting 
probably for the last three years, every event that we go to is, where's your scoop shop? Where do we find you? Yeah, because a lot of the events that we did, we weren't like a regular food truck where we were going out numerous times a week. We'd mainly go out once or twice a month to a really big event where we could sell a ton of stuff. Yeah, like like um, what for maybe some of us? Like a night to... night market. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Street festivals. Do you come um, to the second street festival? We did that last year. Okay, cool. Yeah, we did that one last year. And because we need to do such a high volume, because we're selling lower price point items, you know, like we're not selling $12 sandwiches. Yeah, how much for a sandwich or like a pint? Six $6 for a sandwich. So if you think about a food truck festival, you need to do at least twice as much volume as say one of the trucks that's selling 12 or $14 pizzas, right? Because yeah. you're selling something for six, they're yeah. selling something for 14. Yeah. So the only like a whole way, pizza would be like, yeah. okay. So the only way that really works is to go to a, a high foot traffic event. So those sorts of things would happen. That's, that's baby Zah. That's like back in 2015. Somebody sent that to me last week and they were like, look what we found. We found right. They were like, no pun intended, but we found little baby Zod. <laughs> yeah, that was probably one of our first events with that, in that picture. Um, Everybody check out Zaz Instagram. <laughs> it's a very easy name. Zaz. Z-S-A-S. At Zaz. At Zaz. Woo. Man, this stuff looks good. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what I was saying. Uh, the, oh, about the, the, the events yeah. and the trucks. Um, yeah, so people would say, all right, you know, we're only getting the chance to see you once or twice a month. And from the trucks, what we did was we would have a lot of these sandwiches that you're seeing on Instagram. Yeah. They would be one-off things that people could only get at the trucks. So eventually people were saying... You know, we want another option. We don't want to have to wait in line and only have like two times a month yeah. as ways to come out and get these things. So um, last year, knowing that we were strategically phasing out the trucks, I started thinking about, well, where are we going to open a shop? Where's kind of like an untapped area in Philly that there's a lot happening. You know, we have roots in. So... Um, Mount Airy, Germantown turned out to be that area, mainly because I live in the Northwest, most of my staff does, and our production facility is only 15 minutes away in Roxborough. You, you <laughs> talked about having roots in Mount Airy, Germantown. So is your backstory, is that where you're from, where you grew up? I'm from Connecticut originally. Oh, what? Yeah. What are you doing in Philly? Um, I've been <laughs> here for 14 years. I moved here to go back to school and didn't know if I would stay, but then I opened an ice cream company and... Here I am. I'm the same way. I've, right? I've been here for almost four years now, but four, four. That's it, four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so Mount Airy, you think that's that's a good spot for you guys for a couple different reasons. Yeah, and like I said, one of our when we started selling to the grocery stores, one of our longest accounts is Weaver's Way Co-op that's okay. based in Mount Airy, Chestnut Hill, and Ambler. Okay. So a lot of people have known us from selling in that in that store. Sure. And it's also that part of the city is there's a lot of things that are slated to happen in that Germantown area. Um, so it's kind of exciting to be to be somewhere. It's challenging because we have to be our own destination, right? right exactly. We're not like in Fishtown where there's restaurants. I was like, can you pull one and, down the street for me? Like, right, please. Yeah, we're not there. Um, we're not in Center City for reasons being, you know, can't really afford that kind of rent so right now. So expensive. 
So um, I found this place in Mount Airy, and it's not in the heart of Mount Airy, it's more towards the Germantown area. Um, and at the time I thought I was gonna be looking for a larger production space. That was when I was really more focused on really blowing our wholesale accounts out of the water. And then yeah. when I really like, that's like a whole other business conversation. But when you realize that being in the grocery industry, you have to be able to scale. Right. So Volume. massively. Yeah. And it's such a financial investment that when it's, when that debt is just riding on my shoulders and like, I'm not going to take on a quarter million dollars to build out. A production facility to fund a. Uh, Are there any uh, like kitchen co-ops, like a like a, where you like a shared kitchen? Type yeah, of thing? but that doesn't really work for us. No. Because most of what we need, we need like we need freezer space. Yeah. So where we are now, one of the things I'm most those are expensive of, too. Yeah, we have we're only in 700 square feet now. Yeah. And that's ten, what the the, sh the new retail. 700? No, that's our production facility. Oh really? So wow. So we crank about um, like 50,000 pieces of product out annually from a 700 square foot facility. Wow. Somehow we managed to do it. With, with piece of product would that be like a pint of a ice cream? A pint or a sandwich. Okay. Yeah, probably even more than. Probably closer to 60 or 70. What are the uh, the product variations as far as, um, I'm a consumer, what all can I buy from you guys? Well, right now, it's either a pint or a sandwich in Did, grocery stores okay. and at our retail space. So eventually, what we're currently working towards is turning that space where we're just operating as a grab-and-go into a full-out scoop shop. So that's a matter of doing licensing and some updates to the space. So eventually it'll happen, but right now you can come in and you can get a pint, which in a flavor that you'll not see anywhere else. Yeah. Like two thirds of the pints that we sell at the shop are flavors that grocery stores don't and won't ever carry. And same with the ice cream sandwiches. We make a bunch of one-off stuff that people can't get anywhere but through us directly. I'm really excited about the whole ice cream sandwich thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just love ice cream sandwiches. Um, what's more popular, the ice cream sandwich or the pints? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and then wh which flavor of each, the pint and ice cream sandwich, is also most popular? Yeah. So, oh, you know, we're seeing like an even, an even split about a 50 at the retail okay. spot. Yeah. But when we used to do events, we used to offer like these little these little single serve cups of straight of flavors right, which right, we right. offered in the pints or the sandwiches. And eventually, people just wanted the sandwiches. So we're we are known for these for these sandwiches. But now that we're offering unique flavors in pints too, it really is a 50-50 kind well, of split. Other question then would be so like let's say um, you know I'd come up to you at an event. Mm -hmm. And you had the the truck there, like there's certain flavors or names that probably catch people's attentions. Mm -hmm. So what what's most popular of that? But then secondarily, what's most popular for the repeat because it was so good that like they gotta have it again. Right. So it is those graham crackers that we talked about. That stands out. Yes, and we also make this one sandwich that'll be coming in the summer. It's our buttered brown sugar peach ice cream Ooh. between these um, chewy graham cracker bars. So one of the things that I love doing, that I'm good at doing, and I think, I think 
really serves us in the sense that I have no culinary training is that I just figure out just put it like, together yeah and figure out the effect that I want yeah. so um, knowing that I used to hate fruit ice cream when I was a kid because you you eat a pint of something like strawberry and you get this flavorless icy chunk of fruit yeah so I figure out ways like how are we gonna do this so that the ice cream is not icy if you're adding coffee to it or yeah. so that the strawberry is not a flavorless chunk so basically because I was a blank canvas for all of this culinary pastry stuff and yeah. had to figure it out we're now making things that work with ice cream because I didn't know any other way to do it besides just toy around with it yeah I had no preconceived notions I didn't come out of culinary school I never worked in a restaurant before never did pastry before I just knew what the end result needed to be for it to be good and we worked backwards to point a that's a good point yeah so a lot of the things, um, some of the things that are most successful for us are things that um, are not common recipes or don't necessarily make sense to anyone besides the end ice cream developer or consumer. If for, for everyone listening, <laughs> what, what's the go-to starter um, ice cream sandwich they got to try from you? Probably the dark chocolate wafer with either the sweet cream ice cream or the coffee ice cream. Um, Where can they get it in stores near them? So the coffee center, we only sell at the retail shop, but the one with the sweet cream, yeah. we sell at pretty much um, Weaver's Way Co-op carries it, River Wards Produce and Fishtown carries oh, it, yeah, yeah. Green Isle Grocery, Tila's Market in Fairmount, um, Whole Foods does not carry our sandwiches. I'll say that much. They're we messing have up. a presence in They're Whole Foods, up. but they don't carry the sandwiches. So more of the more of the local artisanal grocers, the smaller independent guys have the sandwiches. There's a bunch of people I feel like I could link you up with. We'll have to chat about that. Um, I, you've kind of hinted on this, but what makes your ice cream unique? And I know it's kind of just you yourself, mm -hmm. but what else would you say? <laughs> Well, like I said, the way that we we figure out the science behind ingredients and ice cream to make things work when they're frozen, you know, um, understanding that you can't just put fresh fruit in ice cream and freeze it. You have to figure out a way to get the water out of the fruit. You need to cook it. You need to roast it. So figuring out those ingredients like we talked about before. And then our ice cream has very little air in it. So one of the things that... When people look at me, like in Whole Foods or even at our shop, and if they haven't had the ice cream and they're questioning the price, I'll say, pick up the pint. Now go, if you're in Whole Foods, go down to a more commercial brand and pick up their pint. Which one is heavier? Because what people don't realize... Check the weight. Well, no, it might say it on there, but it's by volume. If you put it on a scale, that's where the difference is. Because the hidden ingredient in ice cream, especially in commercial ice creams, which which makes it so that you're... fluff, almost like... Air. Takes up space. Air. Air. So yeah. commercial brands put as much as 75% to 100% air in their ice cream. And here's like the term for air, if you want to impress anybody, a culinary person. <laughs> Let's hear it. The term for air in ice cream is called overrun. 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 So commercial... They're just overriding commercial the heck out ice, of this ice cream. Commercial ice cream companies have... 
anywhere from 75% to 100% overrun. Ours is somewhere between 20 and 30. Mm. And the other thing is we have, a, air. we have a very high butter fat content in our ice cream. So our ice cream is about 60, 16, not 60, geez, you'd be, you wouldn't be alive if it was like that. 16% <laughs> butter fat. And mo well, according to the government, if you're going to call something ice cream, it has to be at least 10. So you, so ice cream runs the gamut of 10% to 18%. So we're right on that high end of it. You're talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is that we make everything that goes into our ice cream, yeah. we make. So if you pick up a pint of um, really any of our flavors, it's not just the combination of the things in the ice cream that are a recipe. It's the recipes of all of the cake, caramel cookies that are in the ice cream so you pick up a pint of ice cream and you there's really probably three different recipes that go into that one pint of ice cream i wait so what's a really popular like uh, a fruit one then if you're getting the water and air out of the fruit um well the the one that people will see soon is our strawberries and cream mm -hmm. so what we do with our strawberries is we slice them and roast them in the oven to where they're probably like the volume decreases probably to like a third of what we'd start with so that all the sugars are concentrated and you don't have this water. Yeah. It's going to go in the ice cream and get icy. Um, same with the peach, like our butter and brown sugar peach ice cream. We get local peaches, usually from Three Springs Fruit Farm. Okay. And we... Um, <laughs> giving away all my secrets. Shout out three So Yeah. So we, uh, no, that's not the secret. The way uh, we do it is probably more of the secret. But we cook the peaches. Okay. In a special way, I guess you could say. And then um, we make a butter brown sugar sauce that they then get cooked in again. And then they get chunked and put in put into the ice cream i'm sorry i'm sorry everyone we should really have a video right now it really sounds great yeah maybe someday when we um when we either have the shop or come to the production facility yeah so, so you're moving to retail now and i was asking earlier why retail in december being an ice cream shop instead yeah. of opening now or you know closer to summer because if you're okay in december you know you'll be good in spring and summer but i i will say if the space that we're going into, we've been really fortunate to have a landlord that was flexible and saying, you know what, let's do um, a three-month short lease yeah. in a pop-up sense. And to clarify, we also didn't start doing scooping in December. All of our products were in a grab-and-go format okay. so that for people that were going to something like a holiday party, they could come in and buy like five or six pints okay. and not be walking down the street with an ice cream cone in the middle of December. Right. So because we were set up to sell to grocery stores in this packaged format, that was how we figured, you know what, let's just test the market this way in December. And if neighbors are coming in, and we can tell them that our intention is to open a scoop shop to do cones and single serve cups eventually. Yeah, that's what we'll do. But um, and you know it it will eventually happen. But after having done a plan review for a production facility in the kitchen and also an ice cream truck, you can't be like, God, if we're not open, it's doing ice cream cones by May or June, we're gonna fail. No, it'll happen when it happens. And because we're not of that. Um, 
quick summer nature where we're only going to be open from May until October. There's not like, of course we want to be able to hit it peak time, but we're going to be open all year. Yeah, I mean, you've got the commercial aspect too. When it happens. You've got the retail and commercial. So how do you market people and market your business to people and get them out to this new space? So we found that a lot of people, because they know us from the truck, which went all over the city and to the suburbs, we've we're in a good location in terms of parking there's free two-hour parking and available parking on side streets okay so surprisingly people have been coming from philadelphia in their cars to northwest philly and for somebody who doesn't understand that if you're philadelphia is a city of neighborhoods if you're in a neighborhood for the most part everything that you need is either there or close by so to get somebody to really like come to Northwest Philly, it's pretty pretty impressive. So yeah. people have been, people who have been our customers from food truck events have been coming. Um, we've been doing a lot of marketing with the Community De- Development Corporation yeah. there and um, going out and talking to other businesses. And also just, I think, something about that being open in December and it just being weird enough to get people to be like, what are you doing here in December? <laughs> like walking in and then telling them about it. You know, that's also that's also a great, a yeah. great way. So where do they find you though? Like, is it because they know about the brand? Is it social media? Are you running advertising? I think, I think it's a li- it is a little bit of both. Um, they know about the brand. We're doing um, social media advertising with the Community Development Corporation. Um, and I, I think also, you know, it's funny. A lot of people have are using the Nextdoor site now. Do you know about Nextdoor? It's really big and... In, it's more of like... Is it called a, Nextdoor? It's called Nextdoor. And it's based on neighborhood. So rather than um, Facebook being a big, vast sea of something, yeah. Nextdoor is tailored by zip code. So people give recommendations on Nextdoor based on their zip code. So it's probably an app? Yes. Yeah. So it's a web, yeah, website and an app. But really, that marketing is something, I I mean, I'll be honest, it is a real challenge when you're no longer at an event where people are just going to show up, where 30,000 people are going to show up, and you have to figure out how you are going to do that marketing. And sometimes with social media, not necessarily showing everybody who follows you all of your posts. Yeah. Sometimes it really makes me want to go back to old-fashioned like newspaper advertisements <laughs> and direct mail marketing and I don't know, I mean like sometimes it's refreshing to get a nice piece of something in the mail. So, yeah. you know, you I know you're all about mail. social media, but I mail. I'm honestly thinking I might do like, you know, something sent out to people in that zip code. Just send, send me like a scratch and sniff. Something like, like ice that. cream and right. a sandwich. That'd yeah. be cool. People are so used to getting the junk in their in their inbox that I honestly think maybe going back to some of the old-fashioned marketing will be... No, I can see that being a thing. I can actually yeah. see that being a thing. Um, question about... Well, first off, do you deliver? Do you go, like? Do you have anything with like Grubhub or like so Uber we're Eats? We're going to start doing that, I think. I haven't actually figured out what the best one for yeah. us would be. Yeah. But um, I think it makes sense for us. The tricky thing about it, though, is that we would 
need to ensure that we're packaging this for the driver to get it there while it's frozen. So we would need to include dry ice and figure out yeah. that component. But it's not, not a hard thing to do. We'll probably, as it gets warmer, because our until we start doing cones and dishes, all the ice cream is going to be made, it's meant to take to go. So as it warms up, we want to make sure that people are going to be able to get to, if, especially if they're coming from like Lancaster County, which somebody did, can't send them home with five pints of ice cream without some way to get it there frozen. So yeah. because we're planning on having that, thinking ahead, that that dry ice for purchase, we can also um, support like doing deliveries through DoorDash or Uber Eats or Caviar. Have you heard of GoPuff? Yes. I think their second most popular thing is ice it's cream. It's ice cream. Yeah. I think they're um, one of the top... I think they sell more Ben & Jerry's than... You might be like right. Like really any, anywhere, but yeah. I That's kind know, of great. Ben & Jerry went to Penn State. GoPuff. They yeah, like I, the I did that same co- course. Did you? Thing. Well, it wasn't a correspondence course. Okay. They did it when it was a correspondence course, and I went to Penn's, the Penn State Ice Creamery. Cream College did you go to the creamery? That's where I met the guys from Little Babies. No way! They were there too, no one of way. their founders, yep. That's incredible, yep. I didn't know they that. They kind of like looked at each other like, you're doing what in Philly, and you're doing what, and... Hold on. You know, but we realized it was two businesses that were going to be totally different and started for different reasons. Yeah. And we're kind of like, we're in the same... I miss the creamer. I'm like on a big ice cream kick right right now just because of this. Um, So some businessy type of questions. Like what have been some setbacks as a small business owner? Having to learn on the fly. Yeah. I think um, having to figure out those, those business ends of things and sometimes figuring them out later than if you had that previous knowledge or you knew what to look for. Um, and I guess learning those things by experience. And sometimes that can be rough. Yeah. You, you don't know what yep. you don't know. You don't. Exactly. Yeah. What have been some big accomplishments that you're really happy about? Um, just continuing to be able to like do this much volume out of such a small space. It's not ideal, but I'm proud that we've figured out a way to do it for so long. Um, I'm really proud that... You know, when we realized that we wanted to change the business model with the trucks, that we did. And, you know, we made that choice to look towards a scoop shop. Yeah. And the other thing, which was kind of a hard thing to do for a year, but when we realized that we were going to phase out the trucks, we realized that to get ourselves in a better spot to do a retail space was that we needed to figure out we had to get serious about the wholesale manufacturing and get our, for lack of a better term, and, and we, we're still working on it, but to get our operations for those five flavors that we're making for wholesale, get those streamlined and get that running as best as we can yeah. so that we could go out and do something else. So what that meant for a solid year was that we didn't do any fun flavors. And that that killed my creative soul yeah. slightly. Okay, we were making like this. this we were figuring out how to make the same things week after week after week and what what a batch really, you know, how much of a certain batch we could make and um, getting that all getting that all squared away. It can you know? be a pain too to, to get a big account that like, you know, your margin aren't as good on and it's like super like intensive. Yeah, that um, that side is is really difficult. 
What a, what's something you learned about growing a business that's very important? Uh, I think that there's people out there who are willing to help. And one of my faults is I think waiting a little bit too long to ask for help with things. Um, maybe because like you, if it's, a, if it's a problem or something you're struggling with, I always think that I need to have it clearly defined before I ask somebody for help. You know, like I need to know exactly, let's say for example, exactly how much money I need or what I'm gonna use it for. And that really slows you down and being able to go to somebody and say, I, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Can you help me? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's, that's definitely um, a personal challenge, but I don't think it's uncommon among small business owners. What's the best thing and the hardest thing about being a small business owner? I think, well, the best thing is that you really do have the ability to to create something and and to shape it and to realize that in some small way, I mean, ice cream is an easy thing to do this with, you're making somebody's day better. And it doesn't necessarily, maybe it's not ice cream. Like I always say to people, well, I'm not selling insurance. So of course you're going to want to talk to me or you're going to want to try my product. But even if you were selling insurance, if it was your own business, you still have the ability to connect with a person and to make their day better somehow because you're a small business. You're doing it on your own terms. You're not, you're not like following a, um, I mean, you do need like some sort of protocol, but you're not following a protocol that somebody else gave right. you. Um, you control it. You control it. And I think I think the hardest your question was yeah, what the, the hardest, hardest thing, thing yeah. is. Um I guess like also having to learn on the fly. And it's also having to be vulnerable with the people that are working for you because like for example my staff they've all come from places that are established businesses so one of the hardest things for me is is to tell them i don't have it all figured out yeah i don't know and (laughs) and to and to get them to to like be okay with that and it's a huge thing and i'm so thankful that they have been yeah because I don't have all the answers. I'm learning this on the fly yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah, so. So what's next for Zaz? Well, focusing on our shop, getting it to the point where it is going to be a scoop shop. And probably a huge thing that we have to figure out is finding a new production facility. Because at the 700 square feet that we're at right now, we, we'll cut it. we're, we're capped. Uh-huh. We, we've been capped for like two years now. Oh, geez. Um, but somehow we still make it work. But finding, yeah, a production facility where we can be more efficient and effective, um, store things rather than like get in, get in ingredients as we need them, you know, and just to have more of a an open space to work where we're not quite so on top of each other. And where can people find you in person and online? Well, in person, we are open every weekend at 6616 Germantown Avenue uh-huh. in Mount Airy. So we're open Friday through Sunday and those hours and days will increase as it gets warmer and as we begin to be a full out shop. Um, and then Online, they can find us at zazicecream.com. That website is 
under construction. We are rebuilding it, but there's a sign-up form for our newsletter. So people sign up, drop us their email. Sunny ice cream in the mail. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's the website. And then we're most active on Instagram at Zaz because we're a very visual product. Very so, visual. You know, you, you kind of want to see like all the, all the good stuff. Any questions, last comments, anything for everyone listening? Piece of advice? Questions or comments? Um, aside from making sure that you're eating like real ice cream. Eat good ice cream. Not good ice cream, <laughs> but real ice cream. There's so much. There's no so much, air. Like, Don't eat No air. air no um, water. Regardless of whether you want to eat the entire pint and feel like you should because it's only 300 calories, like, like Halo Top, um, just <laughs> eat the real good stuff. Treat eat, yourself. Be good to yourself. Eat the good stuff. Eat the good stuff. I like um, that. You know, because ice cream's been around for so long. Like, some of, like, the frozen dessert stuff, it's just a flash in the pan. Like, Froyo and... You deserve it, everyone. old ice cream. The real stuff. Yeah. Uh, last thing. Do you have any... Um, that's it. I don't have any other questions. I think okay. this, is, this is great. We learned a lot about you in good. business. Uh, do you have any questions for me or us or Small Business Saturday? I don't think so. I, I think this is fantastic, what you're doing. I cool. think Likewise. Um, a lot of us don't really get the chance to sort of sit and think about where we've been and how far we've come. Like when you're, when you're in it day to day, you yeah. don't always see the progress. It doesn't feel like progress. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like you grow a little bit and you plateau for a while. You grow and you plateau. Yeah. But then when you talk to people, like people that come into the shop now that bought from us when we were at our very first farmer's market and they they know you from like a flavor that you made back in 2011 which was probably not great but they still bought it and <laughs> yeah. supported you um you really do see how far yeah all these crazy flavors now they're like this yeah, is great not even that but like i never would have thought you know 2011 like i'd be sitting and like knowing how to read a a profit and loss sheet or how to do QuickBooks or, you yeah. know, so it's not just the, the face of the company. It's all the behind the scenes stuff too. Yeah. That you realize how far you've come. Well, congrats. Thanks. A lot, a lot to come still. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, yeah. We've never, I always, and I tell people too, I'm like, we've never been a business that's like, we're at a great point. Let's just sit and coast. No. Let's like like let's be happy. No. And and it's because we're going we've, retail. We've never <laughs> had the luxury to be like that. We've always been like bootstrapping and what's the next thing? We got what's the next challenge. Yep. So likewise. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Danielle, this is a pleasure. Um, everybody finds Zaz Ice Cream online, social media, new website coming. Uh, also in Mount Airy, new retail location, the best ice cream sandwiches and all natural ice cream in the game. Uh, I want to learn how to make ice cream again. I did it as a, a young kid, but there yeah. you have it. Um, we will see you next week for another episode of Small Business Saturday. Thanks again. Thank you.